Welcome to our Harvest Men of Valor podcast. This is Pastor Elijah. I pray that you're all doing well and growing from this podcast. Um, We're continuing in our series, Timeless, where we're topically discussing the unchanging theological truths of the Christian faith. And today we're going to be discussing the topic of heaven and hell. And this is going to be a journey through scriptures to see what the Bible says on these topics. I'm going to start off by asking a question. Have you ever driven a road until it ends, like the 91 freeway? And see, I live in Riverside, California, and if you jump on the 91 West and stay on the freeway, it will eventually end dumping you off in the city of Gardena. And it doesn't matter what lane you're in. It doesn't matter if you jump in the fast track. It doesn't matter what the weather is like. It doesn't matter how fast or slow you go. It doesn't matter if you're enjoying the scenery. It doesn't even matter if you're unaware of the final destination. If you stay on State Route 91, you will take the road to its end and end up in Gardena. As you drive down this freeway, there are plenty of opportunities to get off the road, but the choice is yours. And in the same way, life is like that road that ends with a set destination. It doesn't matter how fast we go. It doesn't matter what the scenery is like. It doesn't even matter the changes of season. If you stay on the default road, you will end up dumped off in the default destination. Ephesians 2 tells us a little bit about that destination and verses 1 through 3 where it says, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, filling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. And what Paul is saying here is that before we became Christians, we were dead men driving on a default road built by Satan, and that road will dump you off into the wrath of God, which is the destination that we all were starting on, which is hell. And see, contrary to what society will tell us, God's word tells us that every person is on one of two roads. You are either in Satan's caravan driving the broad path on your way to wrath, or you have taken one of many opportunities to exit through the narrow path, which leads to eternal life. Now, the road to life ends in heaven or hell. But again, the choice is yours. But I want to look at the proven authority on this matter, the creator of life, the one who appoints a time of death, the one who has defeated death, and the one who grants eternal life. So briefly, let's look at what the Bible says about heaven and hell from a biblical perspective. And the first thing we're going to talk about is the bad news. We're going to look at hell. Now, one, hell is a real place. Jesus, who is the ultimate authority on the afterlife, spoke on hell and described it in detail. Matter of fact, Jesus spoke more on hell than anyone else in the Bible. He even spoke more on hell than he did on heaven. So we can conclude that hell is real because Jesus is testimony of it. And here's just one example. Matthew 8, 11 through 12. Everything today is out of the New King James Version. And it says, And I say to you that many will come from east and west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, Jesus was not being hyperbolic here. He was speaking of a literal place that exists outside the kingdom of heaven, the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So if the kingdom of heaven is a literal place in this passage, which most people would believe, wouldn't that also apply to the kingdom of outer darkness? And according to Jesus, heaven is a real place. So if heaven is a real place, the second question we should ask is, what is hell? What is it like? 
Well, the Bible uses three different words to describe hell, Sheol and Hades, which both basically mean the abode of the dead. And then it uses the word Gehenna. Now, Gehenna comes from the Hebrew word Gehenam, meaning the Valley of Hinnom. And it was originally a valley southwest of Jerusalem where children were burned as sacrifice to the Ammonite god Moloch. And if you read the book of Second Chronicles, you come across the accounts of two wicked kings from Judah, Ahaz and Manasseh, who both did evil and made sacrifices in this valley of Hinnom. And that place was despised by God. And later that valley was used as a place to contain the garbage and filth of the city, where it has been said that the fire was unquenchable and it always burned. And this was the word that Jesus used to describe hell in Matthew 10, 28 where he says, And do not fear those who will kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. So hell is compared to a place of perpetual burning garbage. And let's look at how Jesus described hell in other passages. In Luke 16, 23, he describes it as a place of eternal torment. Uh, Mark 9, 43, he describes it as a place with unquenchable fire. Mark 9, 48, he describes it as a place where the worm does not die. In Matthew 13, 42, again, he describes hell as a place where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. And in Luke 16, 19 to 31, we all know this account. Um, most of us know. Um, I'm going to give you an overview of it if you don't know. Well, Jesus gives the account of a godless rich man and a poor man named Lazarus. And Jesus tells us this poor man was carried by angels to a place called Abraham's bosom. And most commentators believe Abraham's bosom was a holding chamber for the Old Testament saints who look forward to the Messiah that we look back at, who say this, um, that would one day satisfy the wrath of God on the cross and eventually give them access into the presence of God because of Christ's righteousness. But that's a story for another day to go over the truths in this. But what we see here is the rich man was in Hades, hell, which was separated by a great chasm uh, from Abraham's bosom where no one could cross back and forth. And this is where Jesus describes hell as a place of torment. And the account reveals that this was a place of no escape. So when we look at these descriptions from Jesus, we can conclude that hell is a place of eternal torment. It is a place of suffering and pain. And throughout history, we've seen different renditions of hell throughout art, philosophy, and mythology. And some say it's a place of eternal torture. Some say it's a place where you're burned in fire forever. Some say it's a temporary holding cell like purgatory. And some say it doesn't even exist. But Jesus calls it outer darkness where the fire does not quench and a place of torment not necessarily torture, but torment, a place that is outside the presence of God. So we can conclude that hell is a place of eternal torment that has no end. Now, there's a quick note about hell and fire. The Bible does say in Revelation 20:14 that hell will be thrown into the lake of fire along with death and some of the other evil characters, Satan and the false prophet. Now, regardless of how we see this verse, Either hell will be in the lake of fire or hell is the lake of fire. Regardless of what's unclear, it's clear that its torment is forever, as Jesus explained many times in these passages. And I would just look at hell as this way, because the Bible tells us that all good things come from God. Hell is a place outside of the kingdom of God. So it's a place where the goodness of God is absent. So nothing good is in hell. So instead, picture hell as a place not depicted in medieval art, but try to imagine a place where nothing good exists, a place without the presence of God, a place of torment and outer darkness, a place of suffering, a place where hope doesn't exist, and a place where the conscious mind cannot escape. See, hell is the default destination, and it is real. It is without God's goodness. Thirdly, 
when we think of hell, this question often comes up. Why would God create hell? Now, some would ask, why would a loving God send people to hell? How could a temporary life result in eternal punishment? Well, hell was created for Satan and his angels. Matthew 25, 41 says, Then he will also say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. So hell was created for Satan and his angels. And when we piece together Isaiah 14, Ezekiel 28, Luke 10, 18, Revelation 12, we see that Satan's pride got him and a third of the angels cast out of heaven. And because there is no redemption plan for these angels who started in the presence of God's glory, their punishment, apart from being cast out of heaven, was eternal torment in the lake of fire. So hell was created for the rebellious angels. But also, hell is reserved for those who reject God's plan of salvation. We already saw from the account of Lazarus and the rich man that the rich man was already in hell. And there are plenty of passages that support the claim that hell is a type of quarantine that separates those who do not want to be with God from those who will spend eternity in heaven, which will be our next topic. Revelation 21.8 says, But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexual immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. See, hell is not only reserved for Satan and his demons, but it's also reserved for the practitioners of evil. Over and over in the New Testament, we see verses that explicitly say that those who live a lifestyle of sin and rebellion will not inherit the kingdom of God. And these are the people who reject Christ and are judged on their own merits, who refuse to take the exit off the road of destruction, who do not want to spend eternity with God, who reject all his goodness. And it is they who will end up separated from God where there is none of his goodness. So hell is real. Hell is absent of God and his goodness. Hell is reserved for those who reject Christ. And finally, hell is a destination that you can opt out of. Now, I started this podcast saying that mankind is on a road that leads to hell, but there is an opportunity to exit that road. It's to take the narrow road that leads us to heaven. Now, I spend a lot of time on hell, and typically a pastors don't talk about hell to threaten you. We talk about it to warn you. And, but with that warning of hell comes the good news of heaven. The Bible gives us many small glimpses of heaven, but the book of Revelation gives us some of the greatest details of heaven. And in Revelation chapter 4 and 5, the apostle John gives an account of the time he was snatched into heaven. Now, I'm going to summarize this because I spent too much time talking about hell, but so did Jesus, so I guess I'm in good company, kind of. But I'm going to talk about heaven. In Revelation 4, John is snatched into heaven, and we see these things during his account. One, heaven is a place of God's full glory. John describes God on the throne as jasper and sardius in appearance. And commentators have said that this represents purity and perfection. And there are many beautiful things in this world that testify the glory of God. But heaven is a place where we will experience God's full glory, purity, and perfection. So heaven is a place of God's full glory. Number two in this account, and I encourage you guys to read these scriptures I, I'm quoting on your own, but heaven is the place of God's throne room. God is ruling from heaven. And John describes God on his throne and these 24 elders surrounding the throne, casting their golden crowns before him as they bow. And this and many other scriptures are a reminder that God is still on his throne, ruling from heaven, because heaven is God's throne room. 
So not only is heaven God's throne room, but heaven is a place of worship. Number three, John describes the huge worship service taking place in Revelation chapter four and five as the host of heaven bow and sing songs of his goodness. There, and there is so much more I would love to say about heaven, but this verse is one of the most comforting verses for the believer and it's Revelation 21 verses three and four. And it says, and I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying. There shall be no more pain for the former things have passed away. Heaven is a place where God's people dwell with him for eternity. There is no more suffering. There is no more pain. There is no more sorrow. There is no more death. And it has been said that earth is the land of the dead, while heaven is the land of the living. A place filled with decay and death, this earth is. And how could it not be? Romans 6.23 says, the wages of sin is death. And Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So by default, we're all headed to hell. And if hell bothers you, it's because you do not understand how offensive our sin is to God. So the question shouldn't be, why would a loving God send people to hell? But the question should be, why would a just God allow people into heaven? Because nowhere in the description of heaven is any imperfection described. And sin is imperfection, and it will be judged, and all sin or sinners will be cast into outer darkness by default. But our road does not have to end in hell, because Romans 6.23 in its entirety says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So you can either receive the wages of your sin and end up in hell or accept a gift, a free gift from God and have eternal life. And the only way to exit the road to hell is through Christ. The reality is we all deserve hell, not heaven. Yet heaven is what we yearn for and heaven is what God desires for us. Second Peter 3, 9 says, God is patient with us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And I guess I should answer the question, how does one get to heaven? How do we exit that freeway, that road that leads to hell? It's by admitting that you're a sinner and turning from those sins and putting your trust in the finished work of what Christ did 2,000 years ago. See, we were imperfect, so that we can't stand before a perfect God in a perfect place. So we needed perfection to come down to earth, live the life that we couldn't live, die the death that we deserve and experience the wrath that we deserve and defeat death and rise three days later. And if we put our trust in Jesus and what he did on the cross 2,000 years ago, we are trading our life of imperfection for his life of perfection, and we can get into the kingdom of God because we are covered in Christ's righteousness. See, those in the past, present, and future who ever put their trust in Christ, we will see again in heaven. Now back to Revelation 21. It says, He will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And from the beginning, God wanted to be our God. And through Jesus Christ, he has made a way for us to be his people for all eternity in heaven. And family, look, I don't have a lot of time. 
Um, I encourage you to study these things on your own. There have been books written on each one of these subjects, long books, and we just took a few minutes to go over them briefly. And that's all the time I have for this podcast until next time. And if you want to study these things deeper, I want to encourage you to join a Harvest small group. You can join our men's, women's, couples, or co-ed groups at harvest.church forward slash groups. And once again, you're listening to our Harvest Men of Valor podcast. This is Pastor Elijah. God bless you guys.